return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Then we go for our conference here and that'll be fun. It's always good to get into God's presence. It's always good to fellowship with ministers and uh, uh, just to uh, believe God. God together for great things. Hallelujah. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, God's with you. He's with you. Amen. Amen. All right, so stand with me just for a second. Did you bring your Bible? Did you read your Bible this week? Hope you did. Say with me, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess, my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same, never, 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 in Jesus' name, amen, so be it, hallelujah. Kids rock, yep, ages three to first grade, thank you. Just head to the back and be blessed, hallelujah. Those joining us online, we bless you in the name of Jesus that might join us from our own congregation or other places in this country or other nations. We have many nations that will join us on Facebook Live, and so we just bless you today, and Pastor Jeannie is communicating with people in the front row during the message and so forth like that. If you want to send a greeting, send a greeting to us or let us know where you're listening from. That's great as well. India is online. Okay, so we bless India in the name of Jesus. And we know it's Sunday night there, but we just bless you and we pray for you. And by God's grace, we hope that someday we will be back uh, visiting in your country again. Hallelujah. God is so good. So being in the Word is important because when we're in the Word, it allows the Lord to prune us. Pruning is not bad. Most teaching, if you ever hear teaching on pruning, it's going to be bad, okay? It's going to be bad because they're saying that God's going to do bad things to you in order to teach you. And it's just the opposite. He gives this Word to us to teach us. So He's not doing bad things. He ha- we have His Word and we grow through the Word of God. So for people that say that, as far as bad, uh, many, many people are bitter and angry and never going to go to church again because they're blaming God for something he did not do. So pruning, the Bible says you are pruned through the word. So if you're in the Bible, it allows him chances to adjust your attitudes and things in your life. If you're not in the Bible, then it doesn't. And that's the problem we have today in the body of Christ. We've got all kinds of people that act like they think they're mature Christians, and they're really babies. And so they act like babies, they exhibit baby behavior, and uh, uh, it's very sad because they haven't allowed themselves to really grow and mature in Jesus Christ. 
So, so we've been talking just on the love of God. So it's God's love then that works in us, that prunes us and shapes us. So I wanted just a couple of scriptures. Ephesians 4 again, verse 14 through 15. We grow up in Christ. We're growing up in love. So God is love. Jesus is love. The Holy Spirit is love. We should no longer be children. We shouldn't be tossed about by every kind of wind that's blowing around. What's the latest, the greatest thing or something? Or somebody said, I got a word from God. It's like, let me just say this. God already gave us his word. This is the most sure word of prophecy you're going to get. All right. And if, he, and if you do actually hear some word of prophecy to the body of Christ, it will totally line up with the Bible. All right. So it's not going to be something new or something dramatic or whatever. It should be something. Yeah, I know that because it's in the Bible. Amen. So we should understand those things. Then we're not tossed around. Trickery of men and so forth. Now this is talking about spiritual people here, all right? Spiritual people doing tricks. Spiritual people, winds of doctrine and so forth. We shouldn't be tossed around by that. And then it says we should speak the truth in love and grow up in all things in him who is the head, even Christ. So we grow up, say grow up. And basically, in Christ, we're growing up in love. So we grow up in all things. All things that pertain to this life. All things that pertain to godliness. All things that pertain to the Word. We are in the school of the Holy Spirit, whether you realize it or not. So you can choose to attend and be present or absent. Uh, I want to be present. I want, I want the Lord to keep working in me. And I want more of what He's got to give. And, and I want to grow, as we've talked about all these things. We grow in grace. We grow in peace. We grow in the Spirit. And so uh, we grow up in Him. Now, the other verses was Ephesians 3, uh, 17 through 19, which then refer to the fact that, that in, in our faith, we're rooted, uh, rooted, grounded in love. So we're rooted deep in love, founded securely on love. So we're, we're rooted deep. You want your roots deep in the Word, in Jesus, and then surrounded or saturated with the love of God. Everything we do should proceed from love. Loving God and ultimately loving people. That's, that's the source of our actions should be out of love. Amen? So it should be how, how do we react or... Act to the world. It should be out of love. All right. So, so then it says we can we can grasp with the saints all the things, the breadth, the length, the height, the depth, and the next verse to to know to practically experience for yourselves the love of Jesus Christ, which passes it surpasses knowledge. In other words, knowledge is good, but experience is better. Okay. So some people some people can get a doctorate degree in theology and have enough faith maybe to fill a thimble. It'd be better to have no, no a few verses, but have greater faith. Amen? So, to practical things, applying your faith, living your faith. So then, so then we live in this life, this love of God, the experience it, so forth, that, that uh, uh, coming with the love of Christ surpasses knowledge that you may be filled, filled up under the fullness of God, the richest measure, and so forth, with God himself, all right? So we're now we're filled with this relationship with Jesus. 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says the greatest of these is love. So there's life in the blood, but there's life in the love. And we have to realize that. So we get saved from our sins. We're supposed to get saved from ourself. And now we grow in the love of Jesus and we begin to act like Jesus acts. 
All right? Especially in relationship to people. This helps us in everything we do. It helps you on your job. It helps you in your home or relationships or disturbances or disputes. So the love of Jesus should permeate us. Amen? Amen. And this love is fruit. And fruit, of course, is something that grows. Gifts are given. Fruit grows. Amen? So we grow fruit. And the more fruit we have, the better off it is. When we give away love, love is in the seed. So more seeds are planted for more love. Amen? It produces more love. So we're not talking about a mental ascent here. Say, yeah, I, I love those people. No, it's something that you're doing. It's not something you're saying. It's something that you're doing. It's an action. All right? So the fruit is developed through the word when it's applied to the experiences in our life. So fruit is developed through the word when it's applied to our experiences in our life. So it's not the experiences in your life that changes you. It's the word that changes you. Amen. Amen. So it's the word of God that changes us. And we're in the process of being changed from glory to glory. Good to better, best, and so forth like that. We keep growing. And about the time you think, you think well, I've, I've really got this down, there might be another, so to, so to speak, test. And you realize, oh, wow, failed that test. And the word prunes us again about somebody you need to love more. <laughs> this, comes, this comes down, it can write into your family, your spouse, but your children or your grandchildren, all these things. We all face disappointments in life. So we apply the Word of God all the time to our experiences. Amen? Now, so out of this love, the fruit of the Spirit, let's just say it this way, it's the fruit of love. And it begins the very first one in Galatians chapter 5. The very first thing he says is, in the fruit of the Spirit, is love. And out of this produces tremendous fruit. Amen? So it's the fruit of the Spirit, the result of His presence within us, Is love, unselfish concern for others, joy, inner peace, patience, not the ability to wait, but how we act while we're waiting, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. All these things are fruits that we're growing. And we're growing because this love is pulsating through us. And we're growing more into the nature, the character of Jesus Christ. So this morning, just, just in the time that we have here, I just want to talk about one more thing. And that is... That is, this love is producing patience. Patience, a lot of people, uh, when you're young, you don't like to wait. (laughs) But when you're old, a lot of people don't like to wait. They want to do stuff right away. And so notice what it says in regards to patience. It's not the ability to wait, but it's how we act while we're waiting. How do I act? What are my actions while I'm waiting? Because we love to always pray and boom, something happens right then. And we've seen that, right? Where healings can come very, very quickly and breakthroughs can come very quickly. Manifestations can come very quickly. All right? Where, where we just almost like you say it and it happens. The, the gathering in the book of Mark and so forth, his, his life and so forth, he gets delivered of a host of demons and, and he's following Jesus. That's the book of Mark, chapter 5. So he's following uh, uh Jesus now, he's sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed in his right mind. And this is a word that Jesus said, because uh, the guy says, I, I want to follow you. And Jesus says, no, you go home. A lot of times people told Jesus, people, people, Jesus told people after they were healed or set free, he said, don't tell anybody, 
this or that, because he wanted it to stick in him. He wanted them wanted to get this the result of what he did buried on the inside of him. In this case, he told him, no, you go tell people. And he told him specifically, he said to go home to your friends. Now, this is a word. This is a good word for all of us. All right. It's a word I got after I got saved. And I went back to Iowa and I began to share with people. You know, there was a group uh, in our town and so forth, a very uh, a lot of reformed churches. And so they had an RCYF, which is a youth group thing. And so all these from, from two counties, kids came together and I got to share my testimony. And a lot of people knew me as an athlete and so forth and who I was, even though I wasn't part of their churches. But, but I went home to tell friends, to tell people about Jesus. And Jesus says, tell them the great things the Lord has done for you and how he's had compassion on you. And it's pretty simple, right? Just say what Jesus did. That's your testimony. No one can take that away from you. No one can say, oh, I don't think that's true. It's like, well, it's your story. So if you're sharing your story, it's true, right? So you're just telling your story and you're telling them that God has had compassion. He's gracious. <laughs> Amen. So this is something that happened very quickly, though. So, so the Gadarene, and we call him the Gadarene because he's from that area. We don't actually know his name. But here, here Jesus, he's following Jesus. Great deliverance. And Jesus said, no, for you, go home. You just do that now. Just, just start today and do that. But most of the time, waiting, patience is part of our character development. Most of the time. So I love it when God answers instantly. Understand me now, when I say that, God's always answering, amen? But, but also there's times when we wait, all right? We're, we're, we're persevering. Acts 1, verse uh, 3 and 4. So the disciples were with Jesus for 40 days, spent time with Jesus. Jesus talked to them and so forth. Many things were solidified in their faith, Many things then out of that came the books of the Bible, as far as Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and so forth. Things that were written. So he presented himself, many infallible, in other words, just undeniable proofs, during these 40 days, all right? And then, of course, he was ascended into heaven. And it said, being assembled with him, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. Now, this is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He's going to pour out his Spirit on all flesh, all right? So he's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh. All of us, can you say hallelujah? <laughs> now, I like the fact he's going to pour it out. He's not just dripping things on you. He's not like this, he'll give him a drip, he'll give him a drop. No, he wants to pour out his spirit. And again, as I position myself just on a daily basis with the Lord, he does that, okay? But he's not going to just waste things and throw it around if you don't care. You've got to care. Turn to your neighbor and say, you've got to care. You got to care. You got to want the things of God. You have to steward the things of God. Steward it. All right. Take care of it and nurse it in your heart and so forth. So he said, "Don't don't uh, leave Jerusalem. Wait for the promise of the Father, which which I've which I've told you." All right. Now, now, so the disciples. Here's this thing of waiting. They didn't know how long they were going to wait. We know it was another ten days when Pentecost, fifty days after the Passover and so forth. But we know, we know that it was another sp space of time. But because of their love relationship with Jesus, they're just willing to wait. And not just wait, but to wait in unity. And to wait in love for each other. All right? So because of this love relationship, and there's a Bible says in Acts 2, there's about 120 in the upper room. Or in Acts 1 it said that. But in Acts 2 it happened. But so, so because of this love relationship, they're just there. 
the feeding of the 4,000 and 5,000 was because of this love that they felt. Even though they were in remote places and hadn't eaten maybe for a long period of time, but they're just going to hang out with Jesus because of love. There's power in that. The book of Acts, when Paul and Silas in the jail and the Holy Ghost came, and all the doors opened, and every man's bands were loosed, and the jailer comes in, seeing the doors open, looks down the corridor, assumes they're all gone, and Paul says, we're all here. But I think it's the love of Jesus that kept them there. We all would think, hey, that is a sign from God. Shackles off, doors open. That's a sign from God. I'm leaving. And they were all there. They stayed there. But I think it was the love of Jesus. There's power in that love. And there's power then here. They waited for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. They did what Jesus said. They didn't rush into ministry or anything like that. They, Jesus basically saying, you need this. Wait for it. Now, the thing today, this has already been poured out today. But he can't pour it out on people unless they just pre- present themselves to him for that. You have to want the Holy Spirit, more of the Holy Spirit. You have to want the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You have to want the power of God. It isn't an accident. It happens on purpose. A lot of times people say, oh, I don't see any healings. Well, well you're probably not going to see healings unless you believe in healing. If you believe in healing, you're going to see more and more healings take place, manifested. Manifested healings. Kim's son got a manifestation of God supernaturally working in his heart from going from death to life. And home again. Manifestations of healings. Amen. And then if you you begin to act and do then because you believe it. So when you see an opportunity, what do you want to do? You want to go and pray. So see, that's the benefit of being a Christian alive in God and alive in his love and filled with the spirit. There are opportunities. And it's through your daily life. People that you know or meet or someone needs prayer and you can... Pray for them, wherever you're at. So, so Old Testament, you would think, okay, we have to bring the people to the church, and the priest or the pastor, he's the one that has to pray for them. And that's all Old Testament. New Testament says they went everywhere preaching the gospel, and the Lord confirmed the word with signs following. Everywhere is Walmart, or SCSU, or Brookings High School, or the, any the gas station, wherever you're at, that's your spot. Jesus actually didn't say, go someplace to preach. He said, as you go, preach. So we're aware that we are lights for Jesus. We could be an airliner. We're lights for Jesus. Remember that time we were, going, we were one of our trips to India, and uh, uh, the, the stewardess came. We were getting close to the country, and the stewardess came, and so forth, and then she says, you know, you folks have been so delightful to be around. We thought, what did we do? I mean, we're sitting on a plane for nine and a half hours, but what did we do, you know? And, but, but we were pleasant. And, uh, you know, where we sit in the plane, they offer free drinks, free alcoholic drinks, and so forth. No, thank you. No, thank you. Do you have a Diet Coke? Do you have some orange juice? Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, anyway, this stewardess, she stands there, and she's talking to Jeannie and I, and she's just saying how she's been, so to speak, blessed just having us to serve us. And without us realizing, there was a couple behind us that said, we agree. You know, they, they poked their head like this. We agree, you know, and what they'd been doing. And they were Indians uh, that had been at Osteen's church going to India to minister. And anyway, they were there and they had been observing us for nine and a half hours. 
without us knowing it. So you can minister any place. You can be a light any place for Jesus. And we just have to understand, though, that God's not in a hurry. We like to think we're in a hurry. You know, we got we got to reach this world right now. God's not in a hurry. God does not rush his plans. He has plans and he's very methodical, actually. All right. We've already seen the book of Genesis to Revelation, the Alpha and Omega. He's already got it out there, but he's not rushing it like we've got to get this done. No, he's interested in souls because in the meantime, people can get saved. Amen. So it's not like, well, I'll just come back today and we'll send the rest to hell. No, he wants people to get saved. And that involves us. That involves our lives. That involves how we relate to people. So he's not in a hurry. He's not trying to rush his plans, but he is, he is interested in developing character within us. One of those parts of character, fruit of the spirit, fruit of love is patience. So he's interested in developing this patience in us, how we act while we're waiting, right? Because a lot of times we can be waiting and you can just be tapping your foot, right? You can be waiting and looking at your watch, you know, and so forth. Or you can be waiting in rest. You can be waiting in peace. You can be waiting with expectancy. You can be waiting in his word. Amen. In Galatians chapter chapter 1, Paul, of course, we know this <clears throat> tremendous story from the book of Acts, how he got saved in the road to Damascus. Incidentally, uh, there is a street called Straight, or at least there was before Damascus was bombed so bad. And many years ago in the 1980s, we had a lady in our church who lived who came, her address was on Straight Street in Damascus. You can Google it, there still is a Straight Street. And so Saul of Tarsus gets saved, goes into Damascus, Ananias goes pray, prays for him, shackles fall from his eyes, he gets baptized in water, baptized in the Holy Ghost, and so forth. And of course, much of the New Testament is written by the Holy Spirit through him. However, notice what he says there. When, when uh, uh, God called me through his grace to reveal his son unto me, I, that I might preach this among the Gentiles, I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood. But it says, nor did I go to Jerusalem to see the apostles. But I went to Arabia, returned to Damascus. Then after three years, I went to Jerusalem to see Peter. And I was there for 15 days. So we see the process. So he gets saved. And everything, but also then he has, he has, in a sense, a wilderness experience. He's just got time with the Lord. And this process of time with the Lord. Now think about this. He was, he was well-schooled in Judaism. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees, so to speak. So now he has to unlearn all these things that he's learned and learn them, learn about grace and learn them in the right ways. Okay, so, so in other words, what, what happens in those three years? Well, let's just say it was a good school of pruning. Uh, that's wrong too. Yeah, but this was really good. Is it? Yeah, I know you're zealous. <laughs> that's wrong too. <laughs> His attitudes and so forth, how he saw people and everything. All those things were part of his school of, uh, school of spirit and learning about Jesus. So, so it's three years later. Now we go to Galatians chapter 2 verse 1. So he leaves after 15 days. And then he says, after 14 years, I go up again to Jerusalem. So 14, that's, that's 17 years now. So 14 years later now, so you think, boy, now in the book of Acts, God spoke to him and says, you're, you're my minister to bring the gospel, to open eyes, to turn them from darkness to light and so on and so forth. And you think, boy, that's going to happen today. And it didn't happen today. 
There was a process. Now, I'm not saying, see, people get hung up and think you have to wait so many years. You don't have to wait so many years. It's just the fact that you do have to understand you have to wait until the Holy Ghost releases you. You have to wait until you've been in his school. You have to wait. And, of course, we're always being pruned. Always. Say always. (laughs) This is always. All right. So there's processes that take place. So God isn't rushing his plans, but he's methodically fulfilling his plans. And I want to say this. You are part of his plan. Turn to your neighbor and say you're part of the plan. You received his grace and so forth. And now your life, however old you are, has a tremendous purpose. And your purpose is to bring glory to Jesus Christ where you live, who you're, who you are as a person to your family and so forth, that they hear the gospel. That's part of the huge purpose of God in your life. And so he's, he's working these things to do what? To bring more people into the kingdom. Amen? James chapter 1, verse 4. Let's talk about here something about patience. James 1, verse 4. I think it's first, yeah, New King James. Let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect, complete, lacking nothing. Patience is, so love produces patience. There's a process. You're growing fruit. And you want the process, not, it's never complete, but if for different occasions, it might be like, ah, you passed the test. All right. So let it, let patience work in you perfect way that you may be perfect or mature, complete, fully equipped, not lacking anything. So there's results of patience. Results of that. Let's look at it a second in the Amplified, Amplified Classic. Let endurance, steadfastness, and patience have full play and do a thorough work so that you may be people perf- may be people perfectly and fully developed, no defects, lacking nothing. So the results of this patience is he wants us to grow up. Hallelujah. He wants us to be fully equipped. And he wants us to lack, of course, nothing when we do ministry then. Amen? There's so many good things about that. Uh, uh, I think of this, this old, old song. Jeannie and I have been singing old songs. <laughs> like old songs. Next week we're going to sing some old songs. And just some old chorus, you know. But that one, I've got a reason to sing. I've got a reason to sing. Jesus lives in me and he's my king. I've got a reason to sing. I've got a reason to sing. I've got a reason to sing. Jesus lives in me and he's my king. I've got a reason to sing. And then there's a little part to it that says, Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Him. Keep your eyes on Jesus. And let His love shine in. So this is part of the song. But think about it. As, as you're waiting, waiting. How, how do we wait, though? All right? We, patience. We're waiting with expectations. We're waiting not impatiently, but patiently. We're waiting on the King of Kings. In the process, we're growing. We keep getting equipped. Amen. And he brings us to a place where you lack nothing. I mean, nothing means nothing, right? So I believe we come to a place where we don't lack anything spiritually, physically, emotionally, whatever. We have no lack. In other words, all the need is supplied to do the job he wants us to do. We have tremendous things in front of us as the body of Christ and tremendous doors. And, and so this is all part of growing, growing in Christ. So love bringing patience. So God's love with patience helps us to stand in adversity. 
Adversity. All right? Everybody faces adversity. There's a devil in the world, an adversary that brings adversity. The world has fallen. So we face things. And so as we grow in love and we grow in patience, then it helps us to stand in victory while we're still waiting for manifestations. Mark chapter 16. So here's one here. It says, we lay hands on the sick and the sick recover. Okay? We lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. Now, recover doesn't give you a time. doesn't give you days or minutes or weeks or anything like that. It just says, and I believe this, even next Sunday again, we, or if you need prayer today, we can pray. But when we lay hands on you, I'm talking about any believer laying hands on you, recovery begins at that moment. At that very moment, you might not feel a thing. You don't have to feel a thing. Faith isn't a feeling, right? It comes to this relationship, and it's a love relationship, right? Faith is also growing in the Spirit, in the fruit of the Spirit. So, so the, you're recovering from the moment, the time that you have prayer. So from the time of prayer to the time of a manifestation is a time of faith and patience. Amen? They're power twins. They work together. So you can't ever say, well, nothing happened. No, something happened. Say it with me. Say, something happened. So when you pray, as soon as you pray, something's happening. That's why we finish any prayer. You want to finish it with thanksgiving. Amen? So if you're praying by yourself or praying to somebody else, you want to finish that prayer with thanksgiving because you're thanking him for the answer. Something has happened. We lay hands in the sick, the sick recover. They get better. Sometimes it's very quickly. Sometimes it's a process. But hallelujah, it happens. We lay hands in the sick and they recover. So there's a time then of that where there's faith and patience. Keep trusting the Lord. So if I have prayer and I've been sick and I have been in this position before a number of times, with various things, facing cancer and so forth like that. I keep thanking God, keep thanking God for the answer. Going through radiation oncology, I had 35 radiation treatments for seven weeks, five days a week, driving to Sioux Falls and so forth. Getting, getting myself put under this, this machine. And then they would pipe in Christian music for me. And while they piped in the Christian music, you know, I'm, I'm just laying there for several minutes and while this machine does its thing and makes its noise and so forth. And then there was a speaker who says, Dave, Dave, you're moving. You can't move. So it's very delicate. You can't move at all. But my, but my foot is kind of going. I'm laying on my back, but my foot is tapping to the music, you know, praising God. And I said, oh, sorry, sorry, just praising the Lord. Oh, we understand. We understand. Just lay still. You know, these are, all, these are all things you do. When we finished that, actually, Jeannie came. Most of the time I drove by myself. It was just pretty easy that way. But when we finished those things, she got a bunch of treats and so forth, and we brought it to that uh, uh, oncology center and so forth and gave it to the nurses and different ones. And they were like, thank you. Nobody does this. Thank you, you know. You know, when you go through things in life, you might as well go through it in victory. Amen? Realizing this. Even, even if I die, I'm going to heaven. That's a good thing. We fight like crazy to be in this life, okay, but let's live it in victory then, amen? 
If you're going to be in this life, live it in victory. If you're going to be in this life, be a fun person to be around. Don't be a grouch. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't be a grouch. <laughs> you can do that online too. Don't be a grouch. Because, because if we're in this life and we, and we do want to live, it's very powerful to have the will to live, but you want to live it in victory then. Because no matter how long we have, we're sowing seeds into our family and friends and so forth. Amen? So we're sowing good seeds. So we're walking this life and, and love is producing in us patience. I would love to say, boy, done, done overnight. Didn't happen overnight. But it did happen. Hallelujah. God is good. So there's processes sometimes that we go through. Hebrews chapter 6. Let me quick get some more verses. Hebrews chapter 6. So God made a promise to Abraham. And there's no one greater than himself. To, so he swore by himself. So I'm going to swear by myself saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. And after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. So let me just stop there. So Abraham waited how? How did he wait? Kathy's the great English scholar, professor, and so forth. And so the adverb modifies the verb, right? And says how he waited. He waited patiently. He's going to wait. He waited 25 years. He waited 25 years. It would have been like, boy, it's a long time. It's been 25 days. No, it was 25 years. And in the process of waiting, he's carrying on, his, carrying on his life and so forth. He did make one mistake in there. But anyway, he's carrying on his life and business and so forth. And he has a big business, all kinds of employees and so forth. But God makes this promise. But notice, it's a promise right from God. Incidentally, the father of many nations, he has one child. <laughs> so sometimes we, we look at stuff. You could finish your life and think, oh boy. You know, I thought the Lord promised this, but I'm ending this way. And we well, don't know what's going to happen after your life. You don't know what your children are going to do. You don't know what, what this other person is going to do that you led to the Lord or that you influenced or so forth. So Abraham dies with one child. And yet it says he's the father of many nations because that is the seed for the many nations. So you can't look at your life based on numbers and statistics and this and that. You have to look at your life by faith. And he waited patiently, realizing, man, <clears throat> well, 90th birthday, hallelujah, looking up, I'm trusting, <laughs> something's going to happen, finally gets to 99, and the Lord appears to him again, and he has a child when he's 100. So he waited patiently to receive the initial promise of what God said he wanted to do, amen? So in other words, you can't get to a place and think, well, he's not working. He is always working. God is always working no matter what you see. Let's go back to a few verses, chapter 6, verse 10. He will not, God will not forget your work, uh, your work and the love you've shown to him. God will, God will always remember you. His eyes are on you all the time. Amen. He's always working. So he'll, he'll, he'll remember your work, your love, and so forth, which you've done in ministry, loving people. And we want each of you to show the same diligence, be diligent to keep going on to the very end. To the very end of what? To the very end of your life. However long we have in this life, you want to, in Hebrews says, people, they even the great patriarchs and matriarchs that died in faith, that's how we're going to die. We want to die in faith. Amen. We want to die believing God for more. Say more. So, so, so you want to show diligence to the very end. Amen. So that what you hope for may be fully realized. Then, we don't want you to become lazy. Don't think, well, 
It didn't happen. You see, a lot of times people get older and they find they're kind of bitter and they're kind of disappointed and so forth. I thought this in my life, it didn't happen. And well, who's to say it didn't happen? Why, why do we think that God's, God's always going to manifest how we think it is? Not true. So, and we see this because of Abraham, all right? This, this huge thing happened, but it didn't look significant at first. So, we don't want you to become lazy, but to imitate, say imitate. And the King James would say, follow those who through faith and patience inherit what's promised. So, we're following the examples of others who inherited promises, who saw manifestations. We're going to follow others. We can say, well, that's a good life to emulate. And we've known a lot of people now, you get older and so forth, and some of your friends and so forth are no longer here. They're in heaven, you know. And, and so they're home at their reward. But while we're here, still here, while you're here, this is our time to live the life, be in his presence, allow him to work in us his character, and to be patient, to be patient to what he's doing in our lives, today. So Hebrews 10 says this then, the 10th chapter, says, says, don't cast away your confidence. Another word would be just, another one word, it says, or two words, don't quit. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't quit. You never lose, if you don't, if you don't quit, you never lose. You, you, always, you always have possibilities, things are happening. So you never want to stop fighting the good fight of faith. And faith is a good fight. People say, well, I'm standing in faith. But that's a good fight because you're winning. If you hold up the shield of faith, that's a good fight because you might turn around like, man, look at the darts burning there, you know. You, you quench fiery darts from the wicked one. You continue as you grow older to stay positive. You continue to be optimistic. You continue to be hopeful. You continue to want to give away something to young people to help them to grow and develop. And that's what should happen. Older should teach younger. Amen. Younger should look at older and think, boy, I want to walk in the footsteps they're walking in. I want to live that life. Amen? So when we see things, first of all, it encourages us and says it's possible. And then we say, I want it. Amen? I want to do that. So don't cast away your confidence because it has a promise of reward. So as long as we just keep living this life, there's tremendous promise of reward. Now and later, amen, he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, amen. But it takes faith, and it takes patience. Because in the middle of the battle, we all, get, we all can get tired, and when you get tired, you want to do what? You want to quit. Physically tired, many times, you want to quit. Sometimes I think that's why with Elijah, the Lord said, take a nap. Just, just take a nap. Because you have to, you have to get rest. Amen. You have to sleep well. You should go to bed on time at night. Don't fill your head with all kinds of the the world at night and so forth. You're going to bed like this. No, no, don't do that. Go to bed in peace. Lay down in peace. Get up in peace. But go to bed at a good time. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't stay up too late. (laughs) Don't stay up too late. You know. If you're the sort of person like, well, I'm a night owl, well, then fill it with something good. <laughs> fill it with the word. Fill it with his presence, all right? So, in other words, though, you still have but have a schedule. Say schedule. Just, you go to bed at a certain time, you should get up at a certain time. You have a schedule. You want to get rest. This helps us physically, but that also helps us mentally, so we, so, to use the term, stay in the game. 
You got to stay in the game. You got to take care of yourself physically, then spiritually and emotionally so that your faith can be here. And then when you're tempted to cast away your confidence, because that's why they wrote it, then you won't do it. Amen. You're not going to do it. You're not going to stand. I'm going to stand. I'm going to believe God. Also, you got to eat right. Amen. Sometimes people say, well, I'm just going to go fast then and then starving themselves and just make sure you take care of yourself. <laughs> Pretty basic. Amen. Pretty basic, but very good. So notice it says, what is the need then? What is the need? You face stuff. You're in a battle. You face adversity. What is the need? The need is patience. You have need of patience. Notice that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. So you've done the will of God. So many times, if we don't see something happening, then we assume we did not do the will of God. But if you know the scripture and you know what the Bible says, then you can have confidence. Oh, I've done the will of God. I'm praying the way he wants me to pray. I'm believing for the right things and so forth. I've done the will of God, so I'm going to do what? I'm going to stand. And you have need of patience. Because why? Because you will receive. Turn to your neighbor and say, you will receive. <laughs> you will receive if you don't quit. Just keep hanging in there. So, so, so we have this battle going. We have adversity. And everybody's in this, right? All of us are in this. Don't, don't throw away your confidence. Has a promise of reward. Hold on to patience. Thank you, Jesus. And now again, patience works through love. Share this love relationship. Lord, you love me and I love you. Hallelujah. Going to have a great day. And we're not sitting, we're not sitting in, you got to answer today, you know. If you look at the word of God, you realize you've already given me an answer. Thank you. I'm going to live in the answer. Amen. And what happens? I, I believe we come and we start walking into the answers that he's got for us. You have need of patience. You've done the will of God. Doesn't give us a time frame, but it says you can receive the promise. Amen. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 says, In due season you'll reap if you faint not. So in due season you'll reap if you don't quit. Right? So growing weary and so forth. You don't want to grow weary. You don't want to get tired. We all need this time of refreshment. It's not, it's not 24-7 ministry. You know, we, when we were young in the Lord, it's just like, you've got to keep going. There's a world to reach. We've got to keep witnessing. We've got to keep doing this. And finally... It's like, I need a break. Yeah, you need a break. <laughs> Just sit down, relax. Maybe don't do anything tonight. But I want, I want to be spiritual. I want to be doing this. I know. You know, Jesus to his disciples, people are coming and going. He says, let's go into the park. There, there was a garden of Gethsemane was a park. Let's go into the park. Let's just sit down and relax. They didn't have time to eat. And he, and he recognized, well, these guys haven't eaten time to eat. Got to have them eat and relax and do some things. I think they had fun times together. This relationship, see, is a relationship born out of love. All right? It's not a, it's not a relationship of bondage, of all the do's and don'ts, and you've got to do 25 things today the way I want you to do them, and da-da-da-da-da. It's not that relationship. It's a relationship out of love. And so we're waiting out of love. We're waiting patiently for promises, manifestations, and so forth. And it says, in due season, in a proper time, we will reap. Just keep doing what you're doing. You're going to reap. <laughs> Say, I'm going to see the answer. 
We'll see the answer. Not just have faith now. Now we'll see the answer. And notice it says, here's a big if. If we do not lose heart, if we don't cast away our confidence, if we don't quit, if we keep going, you're going to see the answers. You're going to see open doors. <laughs> yeah, amen, amen. So, so there's different seasons in our lives. And in many ways, many ways as personally or as a family, there's different seasons or jobs and so forth. There's different seasons. But you need to appreciate each season you're in and grow in each season you're in. Don't despise your season. I don't see anything. I don't see nothing's happening, you know, and everything's negative. No, don't despise your season. Take time to keep refreshing, refreshing yourself in the Lord. Amen. You'll come into a new season. Farmers, we live in a climate where we have four distinct seasons. Some of you watching, it's always warm. It's not always warm here. It's very cold. And so you have to have a lot of layers of clothing to keep yourself warm. But then we come into a season where it's springtime for us, and then we plant our crops. And when a farmer plants his crops, and he can work all day long and plant, uh, you know, a million seeds and so forth like that, and he gets done at night, and he's tired and maybe a little dirty and hungry and so forth, and he can be back at the house and look at the field, and he doesn't say, nothing happened. He doesn't say that. He looks at the black field, the ground. He doesn't look back and say nothing happened. He looks at the field and like, boy, we've got a lot of seed planted. We're going to have a good crop. We're going to have a good year. Farmers are optimistic. Turn to your neighbors and say, you need to be optimistic. Farmers are very, very optimistic people because every year they go back and they'll do the same thing, even if they had a failure the year before. And invest a lot of time and money, equipment, and so forth to do what they've done before. Maybe didn't get the result, but this year is different. So they know the seed is in the ground. Something's happening. Same thing spiritually. Something's happening. Something good's happening. Amen? So let's look at the last thing. Hebrews 12, then, verse 1 and 2. So we're compassed about by a cloud of witnesses. We lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, so that we will run with patience the race that's before us. Now, notice we lay aside, let's not just say sin, but let's just say every weight. Because we can have weights of frustration. We can have weights of impatienceness. (laughs) All right? Weights of, oh, we're doing this again, you know, things in our lives. And so we have to, we have to all the time check ourselves so that we can lighten the load. Don't carry the burdens of yesterday into today. Cast your cares on him. He cares for you. Let it go. Just let it go. So, so uh, and of course, there's sins of unbelief. I understand that. But lay aside the weights. And then notice what it says. We run with patience the race that's set before you. That's your life. So your life is my, not my life. And my life isn't other people's lives. It's your life. What is your race? But, but how long does this race last? As long as you live. Amen. So it's not like a sprint, you know, on your mark, just set, go. And then you're just, you know. We've seen people just kind of get burnt out and frustrated and so forth. It didn't happen like they thought. And God doesn't answer prayer and so forth. Like, no, 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 he's answering all the time. It's, a, it's an endurance race. You're running with patience. Timing in the race, amen? Now, obviously, you get older like me and so forth, and you can kind of see the flags at the finish line, (laughs) realizing that we're getting closer. 
right? And so at that point, it's not when you want to give in. You might feel like, thank you for a second win, Lord, and you keep going. Keep doing what He wants you to do until you finish, until your life is done, and then someone else is going to follow imitating your faith and patience, doing the same things. But it's your race. You can't, Jeannie and I can't change races. Her life is her life. My life is my life. My kids are their lives. You know, kids can kind of hang on their folks, their parents for a while, their coattails as far as Christianity, but then it's got to become real to them. And they have to run their race. And all of a sudden they realize, wait a minute, I've got to believe this and I've got to trust and I've got to pray. That's right. It's your life. And even if people struggle for a while, that isn't the issue. Lots of times I'm just saying, why don't you pray? Why don't you ask the Lord for help? Why don't you, he's giving you an open door, if I said that to uh, someone this week, so family member. He's giving you an open door to walk through. It might look intimidating, but you can walk through it. It's your door, not mine. You have to do it. And I said the scripture, just basic scriptures, but you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Who's strengthening you? Can you do it? Yes. So there's things in our life. What happens? What happens? And we give people encouragement. Just like you do as a toddler when they start walking. But as kids get older, we're having them take flight, so to speak, out of the house. Like, you can do it. Go for it. <laughs> now, sometimes people fall. But falling isn't failing. People get things mixed up. Well, I fell. and so That's not failing. You fell. All right, get back up. <laughs> All right? You can fall forward. You want to say fail, you can fail forward. The guy gets tackled, you know, they used to say four yards in a cloud of dust or whatever, but he fell forward and he gets up and he feels pretty good about that. So you run your race for the glory of God. You do what he asks you to do, but notice you're running it with patience and you're looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. So my eyes are where? My eyes are in the Word. In the meantime, He's going to help me. I get frustrated. He'll give me a word of encouragement. I feel this way. He'll give me another word of encouragement. He'll all the time keep working in my life. And when I get impatient and so forth, which has happened, and so forth, and it's like, no, I want you to do this and snip, get trim me a little bit more so that I keep growing, pruned through the Word of God to be like the person He wants me to be. Let's look at quick another version. What's the other version here? NIV. So since we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, throw off everything. Throw off everything that hinders. The sin which can entangle us. We're run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. So when we face adversity like Peter in the storm, and there's a tremendous storm, but Peter got out of the boat. None of the other disciples did. He got out of the boat. So you have to understand, now there's a storm. So this boat is moving up and down. It's got a bow, so it's, it's probably big, however he flung himself over it. But the process of it, he kept his eyes on Jesus. That's, our, that's a real challenge, keeping your eyes on Jesus. But if we keep our eyes on Jesus, we'll win. He's the author and finish of our faith. So if I, as long as Peter kept his eyes on Jesus, he was okay. As soon as he saw the wind and the wave, thinking, what a dumb mistake here, and he started to sink, and he, Jesus caught him. That's the grace of God. God will always meet us. Amen? So we go back again, and then the Lord said, yeah, see, you took your eyes off me. Right? 
The whole thing in a basketball game and all the people behind the, the guy shooting the free throw is to distract the person from shooting so that they're thinking, well, thousands of people and some of them are saying bad words and so forth like that. And to get them to not see the basket. The whole point is to focus in the basket, shoot the ball. We focus on Jesus. We live our lives. You're going to come out well. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're going to do well. Turn to him again and say, don't quit. Turn to him again and just say, hang in there. I forget who said that when you get to the end. It was a president, I think. When you get to the end of your rope, tie a knot and hang on. <laughs> it's easier to tie, hang on when you've got a knot, right? But and it was one of the presidents, but they said, anyway, get there, tie, tie a knot and hang on there. And, and that's what you do. Sometimes I th- I'm living certain days of different things, but sometimes I, well, I'm hanging in there. Good. It's not a feeling like it. everything's just perfect. Everything's great. Well, someone's living an illusion. <laughs> it's not that way. It's a walk by faith. And that does produce peace and joy and so forth. But it's a walk by faith. And his love is producing and it's his patience to hang on in our lives. Amen. Know your season. Oh, man. Darkest, you're so blessed. So we bless Nigeria today in the name of Jesus. We bless Nigeria. We bless the, the gospel going forth in Nigeria, even in the areas controlled by rebels, that rebels would get saved, would come to the knowledge of the truth in Jesus' name. And Lord, thank you for angels around your believers, Lord. And even, even in Dorcas's mom's and dad's church there, Father, thank you for your blessing on their lives and keeping them. With your amazing grace, Father, in Jesus' name. Thank you for what you're doing, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Understand this, no matter what happens, his plan is still in process for you. The plan isn't for bad. Okay, that's not the thing. Plan's not for bad. The plans are for good. But in the midst of a life of adversity, just you keep hanging on. And what happens? You recover. You, you receive promises. You keep moving forward. Amen? We look at our lives, and we, a lot of things we face, adverse things in our life, and yet today we say, thank you, Jesus, for your grace. We're still here, still living for you, still uh, got a heart for you, still seeing great things happen. Amen? So we, we bless people in other countries as they're watching in the name of Jesus. We bless them. We bless believers and pastors and leaders in Jesus' name. And we thank you for your lives and your ministry, for what you're doing for God. And, and you can share this with others, too. Anybody can share this, hit the share thing. But we bless people here in this congregation, this church. Father, we thank you for your covering on their life. We thank you you're doing awesome things for your glory. We thank you, Lord, that these are people that are hanging on to you by faith, in a good way, clinging to you, Jesus. That, that, Lord, even as they wait patiently right now, we thank you for faith coming to sight. We thank you for answers being manifested. We thank you for blessings on families and, and children and grandchildren and jobs and education. We thank you for your blessing, Father, in all that you're doing, Lord. We give you praise this day for loving us and thank you for us giving it back to others in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Say amen. 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 Let's all stand up together. Amen. Pastor Dave, I wanted to say thank you. <laughs> Seriously. 
Isn't that so good that we can be patient? Amen. So let's all declare. How many, how many uh, feel blessed in your soul? Amen. Just, it just brings a rest. Yes. It brings a rest to our soul. Thank you, Jesus. To hear the word of God. Yep. And I want to all declare together. You guys can say this after me. Yeah. Um, just a second. I will be patient. I will be patient. And then I am calm. And then I am calm. I will be patient. I will be patient. And then I have faith. And then I have faith. I will be patient. I will be patient. And rest in you, Lord. And rest in you, Lord. All God's people shouted. Amen. They shout amen. Amen. Shout amen. Give them a clap offering. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for your word. That word is so rich. It's so good. We've Amen. been changed here from glory to glory. We Amen. go from strength to strength and victory to victory. That's right. And as pastors, we all bless you. We agree with God. Yes. We're blessed. Amen. Yes. Amen. 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 Come on out tonight. Be good word this week. Great things. Amen. Be blessed. Amen. Amen. Go to the door. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., Also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.